Welcome to yet another edition of the Finstrap Valley Podcast following a demoralizing Yankees sweep. Yay. It's great. I'm Andrew Burns, joined with Kunshaw. Uh, how are you, I guess? Well, I only watched half of one game of the Red Sox series, so I guess better than most. A smart move. A smart <laughs> move. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where that's where life is these days where you're happy when you can't watch the Yankees. Like, oh, it's not working out today. Sweet. <laughs> it's like, I'm checking out now. This, is, this yeah. is bad. This is bad. Very, very bad. Yeah. So the last time we podcasted, obviously, the Yankees were swept by the Tigers in Detroit. And that was still probably worse than this series, because at least the Red Sox are a good team and the Tigers are literally the Tigers. But this felt pretty bad, especially after... You know, splitting the four-game series with Tampa, that obviously you would have liked to actually win it, but especially with Garrett Cole pitching the fourth game of that series, but whatever, didn't happen. Take care of business against the Red Sox, and oh boy, did they not take care of business against the Red Sox. Yeah, it it was bad, and like, you know, we could go into like, oh, the umpiring and all this and all that crap, but like, you just got to do better. You can't just keep hitting everything on the ground when there's anybody on base, like 10 hits and four runs, like, no, you got to do better. Yeah, got to lift the ball in the air, get it out of the ballpark. The secret to the Red Sox winning, are you ready for this? They homered in every game. What? Yeah, if the Yankees if the Yankees had gotten a single solo home run, even, in Sunday night's game, they would have at least tied it. And maybe even won it in regulation without even needing to bother with the stupid umpire call at the end of the ninth inning or extra innings. So, yeah, because, yeah, they did have the lead or whatever. And then, obviously, should it the fan... And you could get upset about like the bullpen. And, you know, we, we've had a couple of episodes, I'd say in the last like three or four weeks where like the bullpens showed signs of like being human, but again, it's going to happen. So you're not going to have a perfect bullpen for the whole 162 game season. It's going to happen, but it's really just comes down to the offense and they need to really not leave it up to the bullpen and the starting, starting pitchers being perfect every time out to squeak out a win. Yeah, now we're up to a league-leading 58 Yankees double plays, which is as infuriating as it sounds because this team is bad enough on the base paths anyway, and they're not hitting enough home runs right now. Entering Tuesday's game, they will be tied for 13th in baseball and home runs with 69, which is not nice. Um, (laughs) They need to do a lot better than that. That will do if you're getting other contributions from your offense, but not a lot of those homers have been like solo shots and they're not getting enough people on base. They're not putting together enough rallies to make those rare homers count. And when you're not taking the ball, the ballpark, then to an offense like the Yankees, you're probably losing. They have one of the worst slugging percentages in baseball. Yeah. And even like the Tampa series, I feel like they, yeah, they split the series. They won two games. That's great. But even of the two games, only one of them, I feel like they deserve to actually win. The other one, I feel like most of their runs came on like Tampa just being bad and like wild pitches or walks or whatever. So it's not even like they they outright won two games. They won one game. They just happened to score more than the other game. Because yeah, in the first game they won uh, against Tampa, Tyler Glass now walked in a run. Then a wild, then there was a wild pitch that allowed a run. And then, yeah, like 
after that, it was Miguel Andujar hit a home run, and pretty much that was the game. And then that went into extras, and then Clint Frazier hit the walk-off. But majority of that, like, if it wasn't for Tyler Glass now, like, having that, like, bad inning in the third, I think it was in that game, they don't even get to extra innings. Yeah, and it's it's not good when your offense is th- only thriving off of gifts, basically. Yeah. And at this point, if you go back to when they swept the White Sox and had won six games in a row two weeks ago. How did ago, manage that, by the way? <laughs> They were, they were, they were rolling then, you know, and this is also before Kluber and Voigt injuries really sapped the life out of the team. But anyway, uh, since then they're three and 10, which is really sunk them like an anvil. They enter Tuesday's action now only two games over 500. And if they can't take care of business against the twins, then like, I, I don't know. It's, it's already bad enough as is, and I don't know what it's going to take to, like, inspire even more change than the minor moves we've already seen. And, you know, like, whenever, like, they had kind of hit a rough patch, we're always like, oh, nothing like a series against the Twins or the Orioles to get things set right or whatever. They're still 100% a better team than the Twins. The Twins are genuinely one of the worst teams in the league right now, which, again, surprising. But it would not surprise me at all if the Twins just had got all their revenge out in this three-game series while having one of the worst records in baseball, not the worst, but one of the worst, somehow managed to win the series or even sweep the Yankees just because they look so lifeless. <laughs> the Twins' offense has been still pretty good this year. They're another team that obviously rely a bunch on the home run, but they've been scoring enough. Their pitching has just been garbage. Their pitching has actually been even worse than the Tigers by some metrics. So you'd think that that would inspire some confidence, but I don't even know at this point, man. <laughs> when you can't trust DJ LeMahieu right now, things are bad. It's and they're dire. just like there's like I don't have confidence in this team to win any three game series like against any opponent. Like yeah, I do think they'll they'll win this series against the Twins. I if they were playing Minnesota, oh, not Minnesota, Baltimore right now, I would feel like yeah, they have a pretty good shot. But like I can't with the hundred percent certainty feel like obviously I'll you know, just taking away gets baseball and shit happens for every once in a while. Like just forgetting that factor. I don't have confidence in this team to beat anybody right now. And even on like baseball reference, I was looking, um, they only have a 35% playoff odds in right now. That's bad for a team that was supposed to just like walk away with the division. But yeah, forget that. I mean, they're supposed to go to the World Series. They were considered the right. American League favorites because so many people had gotten worse. But the problem was that basically all the good hitters decided to become either mediocre or bad, <laughs> except for like Judge. Yeah. And like, it was funny because like over the over the offseason, I had uh, I'd written something, I think right after the Rays had traded Blake Snell to the Padres, I was like how the rest of the teams of the American League East are not giving the Yankees any motivation to get better. And it seems like the Yankees really went on on that. But it turns out that those teams are at least performing and I don't think the Yankees just expected that they just expected everyone to get worse so they were thought they were just going to ride into it and it's been the complete opposite of what they were hoping for and it's been bad and just brutal to watch yeah there are only so many times you can watch them roll over one two three in an inning with a strikeout and two ground outs or maybe they walk to get someone on base but then they do nothing with it or they get thrown out on the base pads because that's been the other theme of the offense this year they made the most hats on the base pads of any team in the majors I think it was like 28 last i saw which is over a game's worth of outs on the base pads which is really bad they do little things right where they get on the base but then just after that they don't they just keep failing to deliver or cash in so i've, I've noticed with the box scores you see the Yankees have like 
decent amount of hits. It's not like they're not hitting. Mm-hmm. They're getting on base, but they're just not doing anything with that. And they're just biting themselves in the ass by, like you said, either grounding into double plays, which they're leading the league in, or getting thrown out on the base paths, which they're also leading the league in. Like, congratulations. The two things you don't want to lead the league in, and they're doing it. Yeah, and I'm not a huge stolen base guy, but that is one way to get stuff going on offense, and they're not stealing bases either. And granted, part of that is maybe the personnel that they have where you really only feel super comfortable with like a few guys stealing bases, but they have enough sprint speed that it could probably help them a little bit, but... At the same time, it's just frustrating to see the same things happen over and over again. The people who you have probably confidence in is like a Gardner or Tyler Wade, but they have their own issues with just even getting onto the base. (laughs) Yeah, they just got to get there, you know? (laughs) Like, if you could just consistently have a pinch runner, like a designated runner for this guy, maybe that'll work. But outside of that, uh, I don't don't know. They they just got to lift the ball. It's It seems simple, but it's clearly not easy to do. Yeah, and the fact that they're playing some pretty crappy defense has not really helped them either. I know that they are trying to just make something work with Miguel and Duhar in left field, but it is rough. It is rough. And did you see the uh, the misplay he had on that double the other day? Was that where he just ran into the wall or something? Yeah, like it was an extremely catchable ball. He sort of jumped at it and just missed. And yeah. it wasn't entirely the game there, but it really was like the backbreaker. Yeah, and the thing about, like, bad defense is you can live with bad defense if you're at least, like, hitting. Like, it's not great. It's not still not something you want. You can deal with just, like, letting Miggy's glove be in left field if his bat was showing up. But as of right now, his OPS plus is 64. So he's not even making up for it. Yeah, he's hitting better uh, recently. Recently? Yes, but, for sure. Yeah, but overall, like, he still has a ways to go to get to, like, league average. At this yeah. point, the Yankees just don't really have much of an answer in terms of good outfielders which is extremely troubling (laughs) and i know that like aaron hicks gets hurt that really derails a lot of things but it's this exposure of depth that you don't really have much of now you know and i feel like this is like the fifth week in a row we're saying this we're not mourning talkman because talkman's not doing that great for the giants but just even beyond that there's nothing there really estevan florel's not really hitting in triple a he's got to do better unless you want to see him just completely dominated by mlb pitching other than like rolling of the dice on a Trey Ambergier or Greg Allen or something like that. And that's, that's not a surefire solution either. Yeah. And it's funny because we talked about how like, do the Yankees have too many outfielders? Like their outfield depth is going to be great. And it's obviously just not worked out, but nobody expected this kind of like just setback from all these players, Clint Frazier to do this poorly. Like, I think, I don't know. I don't remember if you mentioned it on the podcast last week or just in our Slack, but like he's hit worse for longer this season than, he was I good have. for last season. Yeah, yeah it's so, it's miserable. And I, yeah. we're even saying this after a week in which he did get a walk-off home run. That was a pretty great highlight. He was above league average for the week, which is encouraging. But still, you're seeing a whole bunch of at-bats from him that are not particularly inspiring. Yeah. And like, just because like how offense has been over the over the course of the season, like throughout the league, like I'm not sure like league offense means much to me personally right now. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's so good to be better, like league average or above. But like you said, he's been close to, he's been in league average or whatever, but it's, he's still not somebody that you really have a ton of confidence right now. It's another thing like Andujar where, yes, he's doing better recently, but on the whole, you don't know how comfortable you feel with him. No, not at all. Like outside of like Judge and then, you know, Gio Urshela had like a rough week, but, you know, he's been okay again. And then 
Glaber Torres coming through, like he's not hitting it for power, but it seems like he's at least hitting, yeah. which is something. Outside of that, there's not really anybody I feel really too good about on the team. No. <laughs> In <laughs> short, analysis. no. Oh boy, yeah. It's it's rough, man. Now, as you had already alluded to earlier, the relief pitching has been suspect, which, you know, was sort of inevitable that they probably weren't going to be as dominant when they've been given no margin for error for most of the season. You saw Chad Green, Jonathan Dwyska, Luis Sessa, Lucas Lickie all have pretty bad weekends against the Red Sox, and that's going to derail you even more when you're not hitting. You expect them, at least like uh, the Chad Greens and probably Luiska to rebound a little bit and maybe the others will too but it's just like a, another bump in the road that you just have to shrug and be like hopefully they can deal with it maybe they're just a little fatigued from how much Boone has had to lean on them with these very close games but it's it's frustrating when your top relievers of the weekend Chapman aside are Brooks Kriske and Nestor Cortez Jr. Hey I firmly believe Nestor Cortez Jr.'s power has come from his mustache maybe that's it maybe that's it maybe that's it yeah just keep the mustache and we'll see yeah, and it's it's also frustrating when they're not pitching Chapman ever more than one inning. And I don't know if this is an organizational plan or a Chapman preference thing, but when he only throws 12 pitches in the ninth inning, you think that you could at least run him out for the 10th inning when you know that you have an off day coming up and he hasn't worked in three days anyway, but apparently not. So yeah, like if it's a personal preference thing, dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's an organizational thing, like, Guys, you can also shut up. Like, yeah. right now, you, you need to be able to throw your best reliever out there. And right now, our oldest Chapman is that. And like you said, it'd be one thing if he threw like 20, 25 pitches in that one inning or whatever, and kind of like not necessarily struggled, but just like, you know, worked a lot to get out of it. That's one thing. But if he's throwing 10 pitches, 12 pitches, comes out of the inning cleaning, cleaning, yeah, that was you breezy. roll the dice with him. Yeah. And I get that. Again, for most of the season, Sessa has actually been pretty good, so you don't necessarily expect him to get lit up. But also, where the scoring opportunity for the Red Sox that inning came was Xander Bogarts at the plate, who was one of the best hitters in the league. You would kind of prefer having a Rolos Chapman in there over Luis Sessa. So, like, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, Boone didn't really necessarily go to a bad option. Like, like you said, you know, Sessa's been reliable for the most part and you know he's really turned around his reputation so far this year but yeah it, it's still just like you lean on Chapman a little bit more especially like you said you have a built-in off day and coming up he hasn't pitched in a couple of days anyway let him go out there let him get you past that inning and you know if you lose with Chapman that's still fine but at least you're putting your best foot forward yeah they're just not doing that right now. And you have to give your offense as many advantages as they can when they're hitting so little, but just a bad week for Yankees baseball. And I mean, not even Garrett Cole was pitching well. No. <laughs> when, when Garrett Cole is getting outpitched by Ryan Yarbrough, who is throwing a complete game for the Rays in this economy, then you know things are bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one thing I will say about that is it is interesting to see Garrett Cole not be like completely human with Kyle Higashioka out there. So we can also maybe shut up about that. Never. Obviously, you know, he probably has his personal preference or whatever, but I think it might be okay to let Gary Sanchez catch him every once in a while. Uh, just a suggestion to throw yeah, it out like, there. Just once, you know, just try it, <laughs> see what happens. Because Gary's been hitting better recently. I know that the first couple games of the Red Sox series, he looked kind of bad, but still on the whole, he's been better than Higashioka. Sorry. Yeah. Like I said, you can still let, you know, Higashioka be Cole's main, main catcher, catcher yeah. personal catcher. Yeah. But maybe let Gary catch him once a month. 
just so you're not always sacrificing a bat in the lineup every time Cole's pitching because Cole can be human sometimes and that's okay because he's still very, 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 very good. But it'd be nice to just have a little bit of extra offensive support. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, everything that's going on with the Yankees right now just can't keep happening. They stand a definite risk of falling under 500 by the next time we record. And it would not be shocking considering how they're playing. Like I know some fans of other teams like are saying, oh, these Yankees fans are being dramatic because they're still an over 500 team. They're still pretty good last I checked. And it's like, no, that's not the problem. There are so many problems beneath the surface on this team that it almost defies belief. And they now have a negative run differential too. So I think we're smarter baseball fans than that on the whole. Yeah, like they they definitely are over 500 right now, like two games over 500, like you mentioned, which is still good. Don't get me wrong, but they don't really deserve to be because of the way they've (laughs) been playing. Their pitching has just bailed them out for 31 games and that's really how they won those 31 games yeah and the and the pitching was not expected to be this much of a strength and at this point i think it's fair based on the results to say well the pitching is better than we expected but i don't think they will continue being like the best pitching in the in the league basically no right and they do have a good week potentially coming up in the fact that they're they're going to Minnesota for a three-game set. Then they're going to go stop by and visit Joe Girardi for a couple games. And, you know, the the Phillies are obviously not doing great. They're on, under 500 right now. After our weird Friday off day. Oh, yeah. That's a thing, apparently, which, again, I don't know what they're doing. But, hey, for giving me days without having to watch the Yankees, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. But as you were saying, it's an opportunity to do something this weekend. Right. And then especially because then they're going to go to Buffalo after the two games set in, in Philly. So they have those the Saturday, Sunday games in Philly, and then they're going to go to Buffalo to face the Blue Jays, which, as we noted last week, it's a place they struggled in last year. And the Toronto's a team they've not really performed well against this year. So please, please be good this week. Yeah, stop being <laughs> lousy. This is really not fun to watch. God. <laughs> it's not fun. It's yeah, not fun and, to watch. It's not fun to talk about. And whoever's listening to this, I can't imagine it's fun to even listen to us talk about the Yankees right now. Yeah, and uh, John Griffin had a good article that went up on Monday talking about how the Yankees are a team that right now looks like they need some help. But at this point, do they deserve to get any help? Because they're, they're not one or two pieces away. They need so many police players to perform a lot better. And if that doesn't happen, then even like a 2013 Alfonso Soriano thing won't save you. Yeah, they definitely don't deserve it. But at the same time, please go out and do something. Get, get, get somebody just for the sake of just having to see somebody, a different face in the lineup. <laughs> Even yeah. if one person's doing well, it'll still be at least a little bit more entertaining to watch. So while John is right, they don't deserve it. Again, I once again must reiterate, please go and do something. <laughs> and by do something, we do not mean trade for another Rugnet Odor. No, no, I do not. <laughs> no, because he's, he's, been, he's been bad. Well, on that cheerful note, let's take an ad break, and I'll be right back. And we're back. So, do you have anything else you want to talk about the Yankees, or should we move on to the meaty baby bomber? I think that pretty much covers what I had. I think we can go and meet some baby bombers. Cool. Yeah, the baby bombers at least have been winning. So, you know, if you want to find some Yankees wins, check out our daily prospect reports. Yeah, please, that'll be a little bit more entertaining, or at least inspiring. (laughs) Yeah, shout out. He will not be... Feature this week is obviously Kunj got him on one of our first 
versions of this, but Oswald Peraza is bumping up to Somerset. So that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's really good for him. Um, you know, we talked about how he has a lot of potential and that, you know, he's been hitting well. Obviously, he was just, I think he was just named the player of the month for his league. So, he was. you know, it was a well-deserved promotion. So it, it's good for him. It's fun to see. Yeah, fun to see someone doing something in the Yankees organization. Isn't that nice? Isn't that great? Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, and also I saw that there's this guy who's starting in Tampa on Sunday, Louis uh, Savarino. Hmm? I think that's I think that's how the French say it, Savarino. Savarino, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Severino is on the rehab path. I don't know when he'll see him. It'll probably be still quite a bit because he's coming back from Tommy John. But hey, if he can do something, then that would be lovely. He's going to be the big uh, trade deadline acquisition, uh... him and Zach Britton. When, can, you know, the pitching has been fine. <laughs> can he hit? <laughs> well, Zach Britton's also, he's been undergoing his rehab assignment, right? And I think he's pitched two or three games so far. Yeah. It'll be good to have him back whenever he's ready to go. Just as someone to give the bullpen another breather. Because I think the the weight of how much Boone has had to lean on Green and Loiska was showing a little bit that last series. But Hopefully, all the gangs back together soon. Yeah, I, I think he should be soon because uh, I, I believe they mentioned that they wanted him to have at least like five rehab appearances. I don't think they were going to pitch him back to back during his rehab, but just at least get him out in five games. I believe he's pitched in two or three so far, so that's good. He's hopefully on his way back soon. <laughs> I'm looking at this article from article from yesterday morning. He had pitched in his third rehab appearance. Yes, yeah, there you go. It's Double A Somerset. So soon. <sighs> yep. Anyway, back to the meet a baby bomber. Who are we meeting this week for you? So this week we are going to meet one Matthew Pita. And yes, I chose his name because I really, really like pita bread. (laughs) That was really my, uh, I was going through the list of uh, baby bombers. I was like, you know what? He seems like a fun guy. So Pita attended Virginia Military Institute for three years. And then he was drafted in the 12th round of the 2018 draft by the Yankees. He has experience at second, third, and pretty much all over the outfield. Although this season, he's primarily played at second base and in left field. He's played six games at second uh, and 10 games in left field. And unfortunately, he's currently on the injured list. But, you know, he hasn't really had a great start to the season. He's he's OPSing just 681, but he's with Double A Somerset right now. And um, it'd be fun. He would kind of fun little thing about him, though. He has his own like company called Beyond the Hobby Sports, where he basically coaches potential like players around the country and just like helps them with their mechanics and all that. He's the owner of the company, but he does that with Nick Ernst, who you highlighted, I think, uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't remember. I think you you highlighted him. So Nick Ernst is one of the other coaches, along with uh, Josh Winder, who's in the Twins organization, and Ryan Smoot, who's a baseball coach for Appalachian State. So that's fun. (laughs) He has interest to span beyond baseball. That's cool. Yeah. He also recently got engaged, and part of his engagement photos was a very good dog who had a sign that said, my humans are getting married. So that's always good. Excellent. And his MLB.com profile picture shows uh, displays a stellar, stellar mustache. So good for you, Matt Pita. <laughs> you are right. Matt Pita is not a Pita in the, in the expression of the term pain in the ass. You're fired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Took long enough. Took long enough. But yes. you know what? That 681 OPS would not look out of place on the Yankees. So <laughs> he's a true Yankee. Fit right in. Between that and the fact that he's injured, he would 100% fit right in. Bravo. Oh. <laughs> Good choice. Matt Pete is fun. 
And in keeping of the theme of this week, I'm going to make my meet a baby bomber, someone who was a baby bomber until just recently, but still fits the bill since he's worth talking about since he just got promoted to the majors. And that is Chris Gittens. If you are a diehard Yankees fan, you probably already know about Chris Gittens since he was uh, a lot of people were calling for him to be promoted with Mike Ford being Mike Ford for much of 2021. And Gittens didn't get off to the best start in his two games against the Red Sox, a bunch of strikeouts, but that's sort of his deal. Ideally, he'll be able to hit and do a little bit more. His power is immense. It's been compared to the, the exit velocities off his bat have been compared to like an Aaron Judge. So this is not someone who's supposed to be a top prospect, but he's someone who should, whenever he makes contact with it, do some pretty incredible things with the baseball. And that's all the Yankees really need in the short term at first base is someone who can do that just occasionally to help basically mend the wound until Luke Voigt is back. But a little bit on uh, Chris Gittin's background. He was drafted in the 12th round of the 2014 draft out of Grayson County Community College in Denison, Texas. We had reports back to his high school talking about his easy raw power, though I learned that apparently he weighed in at nearly 300 pounds when he came out of high school. Ooh, he's a big boy. Yeah, he was a big boy, but he did cut down on that when he was at Grayson and he hit 422 with a 1204 OPS and 12 homers in 54 games at Grayson County. And so at the time the Yankees drafted him, he had a scholarship at Arkansas Little Rock, but he gave it up to join the Yankees. He slowly made his way up through the system. He broke out with low A Charleston in 2016 with a 140 WRC plus in 107 games. His 21 homers were second best to the Sally League. And he continued to hit well after his promotion to Tampa, but then when he got bumped up to Trenton in 2018, he had some ineffectiveness. That's a tough adjustment to make from high A to double A. And he was also battling a hip injury that season. So he was not very good in 2018 and was limited. But in 2019, he was not deterred. And instead, he absolutely destroyed double A. He had a Eastern League best 23 homers and a 164 WRC plus. And he won the Eastern League MVP as Trenton won the championship. So Rookie was fetching a whole lot of bats for him that year. Oh, I miss Rookie. I miss Rookie, too. Rookie made his uh, season debut the other day. It was, it was fun. I know, but it wasn't for the Yankees. I know. <laughs> anyway, back to Giddens. He came back with a very strong performance in AAA after the pandemic. He had a 1071 OPS after 18 games in Scranton in May. And actually, this all happened as he became a father for the first time. He had, he had a baby last month, and that may have delayed him uh, coming up to the Yankees for a bit, but I'm sure he will take the trade off, especially since he did eventually make the Yankees at the very beginning of this month, June. So he's now getting his first taste of the show. It's, I don't know how it will go. The Yankees are trying to catch lightning in a bottle as they wait for Luke Void to come back. But either way, it's been a hell of a journey for Chris Gittins, so very, very cool that he managed to make it this far. No, absolutely. And uh, congratulations to him for just becoming a father. But the one thing I will say is he is not Mike Ford. So automatically, I like him a lot. And even if he's not doing well and struggles a little bit to kind of catch up to the major league pitching, I'll still just take, like I mentioned, a change of face. So I welcome seeing him bat at play first base instead of Mike Ford right now. Yeah, bingo. I mean, it's very possible that he might just hit as poorly as Mike Ford, but you know, it's worth trying someone else because Mike Ford was not getting the job done. So, And if that's the case, just every four weeks, shuffle them out. <laughs> exactly. Just swap one in for the other. See if people notice. Yes. <laughs> they look nothing alike, but yep. see if anybody notices. <laughs> yeah. I will say that uh, he was voted the best defensive first baseman in the Eastern league in 2019. So he's got a good reputation for defense too. So that's nice. So he's definitely better than Ford. Yeah. <laughs> 
not that Mike Ford was like a slouch out there, but also I guess our our eyes were calibrating from watching Jay Bruce's defense from the That's that's true. Man, first that base has been that... rough. <laughs> man, Jay Bruce was a Yankee in 2021, and that's currently this year. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> and even now, Jay Bruce has as many homers as Brett Gardner. Sounds about right. Yep. On that cheery note, shall we move on to the Yankee and Mitre of the Week? Sure. All right. Yankee and Mitre of the Week. Who you got for Yankee of the Week? So I'm very excited for my Yankee of the Week. It is whoever works in the Major League Baseball scheduling department and has decided that the Yankees have two off days this week. So there's two whole less games to watch this week. Kudos to you. You are the Yankee of the Week, (laughs) sir or madam. (laughs) And they're off on next Monday, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. The downside is then they're whole playing a whole bunch of games in the row. So if the Yankees are still crappy, then that's a whole lot of bad baseball to watch. But yeah. So at that point, you will, whoever you are, will move to uh, Mitre of the Week. But for right now, you're the Yankee of the Week. (laughs) It's a grim state that we found ourselves in, but it's it's the realistic state. (laughs) Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. My Yankee of the Week is going to go to Glaber Torres because he has been putting it together and actually getting some more extra base hits in the past week. He has hit 318, 360, 545 with a 145 WRC+. Plus. I take a lot of uh, encouragement out of that. It, any sort of good developments that we can get from Glaber are good at this point. And he had a big hit in the ninth inning on Sunday night to tie the game and maybe would have set the Yankees up to win it if, uh, you know, the umpire had been shit. But I guess yeah. that's also counting on Rugnit Odor to come up with a big hit. And he was in contention for Mitre of the week. So, you know, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it's like also why not too mad about the umpiring situation? Because like you'll still Rugnit Odor at that. You're probably not going to get much out of it. So. I, I actually, I it, guess that that may have made it more maddening because he actually managed to work a walk, except then it was strike three. Right. But oh well. no, yeah, obviously Glaber's had a, a very good week. And, you know, since his like rough start to the season, pretty much since he's come back from the COVID list, for the most part, he's hit pretty well. Uh, obviously, the power is still missing, which is weird and odd, but still at least hitting and getting on pace. That's still doing a lot more than, you know, I think eight of the other seven or eight of the other Yankees. Just depending on, you know, Gio Urshela, who's the only other one outside of like, you know, obviously Aaron Judge, who's, you know, somewhat reliable. So, no, that's good. And I mean, I know in our in our Slack, we've talked a little bit about the lineup and is it worth it to kind of have Labor Torres at leadoff, which might be something worth uh, thinking about with uh, DJ struggling re- recently or, you know, the whole season. But, <laughs> you know, it's good. Labor good. Yes. Yeah, two doubles and a homer in the past five games, which is pretty good. I will take it. That'll play. That'll yes. play. Yeah, so hopefully that continues because it would be great to have Glaber's consistent bat again. Who you got yeah. for Mitre of the Week? So I'm actually going to throw it to you and let you go first because I have a two-way tie and I want to see if you bring up either of them first. And uh, so I'm going to throw it to you for Mitre of the Week. I'm going to give it to the aforementioned DJ LeMahieu because, ugh, ugh, ugh. It's so bad. It's really disappointing and sad to watch DJ struggle this much. In the past week, he's hit 167, 219, 167 with a 12 WRC plus and 32 plate appearances. And I came across a staggeringly bad stat this morning that I'm going to share with you that I have a feeling that you have not heard yet about DJ LeMahieu. Oh, no. Okay, so in the past month, DJ LeMayu has had one extra base hit, and the one hit was a double three weeks ago. 
Oh, that is yeah. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, his his last home run came in Texas on May seventh. He over actually homered twice in that game, which I have no memory of already. But since then, he has only gotten one extra base hit, and it was a double, and it was three weeks ago. So. Whew. Yeah, he's another one where like the power is just gone, but it's just a season. it seems like every time he's get he's at that it's just like a random grounder, and it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, like occasionally one will sneak through, but it's he's been bad in the past week, and it really wasn't a surprise to see him make the last out last night because he's not no. been getting it done. And it's funny because like you know last two years, if you know the game's on the line and DJ LeMahieu was at bat, you're like, all right, we got this, or. You know, you know, he's not going to get a hit every single time, but at least you feel good about him coming up to the plate right now. It's just like, uh, can Glaber can pinch it? <laughs> yeah. So maybe DJ will turn it around, but I, I agree that they need to try something else that'll lead off, at least in the time being, because you, you can't keep starting your games off with outs. <laughs> no, you can't. So my Mitri of the week is no longer a two-way tie because the one person I had in contention was DJ LeMahieu. But the other person I'm going to give it to is Giancarlo Stanton. It's not been pretty. In the last week, he's hit 125, 222, 125. Good for an OPS of 347 and a WRC plus of 8. You know, you say good for, but that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of impressive to have a single-digit WRC plus, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be impressively bad for that. Yeah. Odor's um, WRC plus is also in the single digits, but I, I agree with you in spotlighting Stan here since he needs to do better. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where you just, you know, Odor, I don't expect anything from him where I stay and I, I have hopes for. Yeah. He sat a couple games this week, you know, but he came into pinch hit uh, twice and once against the Rays, once against the Red Sox and didn't do anything with, with those. It's just been rough. I mean, since he's since he's come back from the injured and, you know, you could talk about how maybe he should have had a few rehab games before they called him up, but he's had enough time. Like since they called him up for that, the Tigers series, he's had enough times. That's, you know, the three games against the Tigers. There's four games set against the Rays and three games against the Red Sox. Yeah, he didn't play every single one of them. There's enough games there for him to kind of, you know, be a backup to speed, but it's just been rough. The best things he's managed in that in this last week were two walks. Yeah. He had two hits, which is not really nothing. And he also had two walks. All four of those on bases came across, uh, came over two games. Outside of that, he's just done nothing. He'd like to see him get going because, you know, we've seen what a hot stretch from Giancarlo can do for the team and for the offense. And that was partially why they even rode a, a record above 500 is because he had that, you know, two week stretch or whatever it was where he was just on fire. Yeah. When Giancarlo Stan is rolling, it really sends a jolt through this lineup it seems and since returning from the il he's now two for 24 with 12 strikeouts so he's gotta get going for the offense to really get back into gear because aaron judge is working with not a lot of support aside from glaber torres getting some hits and geo urshela doing a little bit i had briefly considered miguel Andujar for yankee of the week as he'd had three homers in the past week he's looked a little bit better but again they, they need to improve their overall numbers and if they have a healthy giancarlo stand then that adds a big big weapon so he needs to yep. get better. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The you story know, it, of the Yankees right now, they need it, to get better. It's becoming more and more difficult or annoying or just more tedious to choose a Mitre of the week. Yeah. Equally as difficult to choose a Yankee of the week. But also difficult to just hear over and over again in the post game. And I know I don't expect them to say anything different at this point, but just hearing Boone be like, oh, yeah, I like some things. 
think we're coming we're getting close uh it's like well it's not helpful when you're like constantly putting on putting a smiley face on a piece of poop it's (laughs) like i I like when guys are just like yeah we're frustrated really pressing we're trying to get something done i'd rather hear like some actual annoyance than just being like yeah things are good but oh well yeah, and like you know, and you know, Boone's not going to be the, the the person to throw his guys under the bus or anything like that. And I'm not really looking for that either. I don't want him to go out and be like, "Oh, John Carlos struck out." Blah, 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 blah. I don't want that either. No. But just yeah, just show some sort of sense of urgency or sense of annoyance, and then just the fact that the play is just not acceptable right now. Yeah, and again. I don't know what the move is, but there's something that needs to happen again. I think they really should evaluate what Marcus Timms is bringing to the table. If this is, if he's not able, able to help these guys just adjust and improve. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's where we are. He at least provided a good gift after uh, the Sunday night ejection <laughs> or the Sunday night should be ejection when he was going to yell like F you at the umpire. And then Carlos Mendoza got ejected. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oopsies. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a quite a depressing 30 40 minute stretch so yay <laughs> yay all right so we'll call it there follow us on twitter at pinstripe alley you can follow me on twitter at Marin's psa where are you this week all right so i'm going to give you step-by-step instructions on how to find me on all right you go into your web browser you type twitter.com good you go into the top right corner there's an x there you click that you go into the bottom left corner find the, the, the power off button you turn off your computer and you leave me alone this week <laughs> because <laughs> i don't want to hear it <laughs> i don't want to hear it i've heard it all <laughs> uh, yeah that's fair all right well this has been thoroughly cheerful so hopefully the yankees will decide to you know not suck especially against the twins but who knows hope springs eternal yeah i mean if the twins ever wanted to get revenge of the yankees this this is the time to do it yeah. it's not going to make up for any of those playoff exits that the yankees have caused but maybe it'll be some feel-good uh, moments for them just in the middle of uh, what's turning out to be a crappy, crappy season for them when, again, they were expected to win the Central, at least uh, contend for it and not just be at the bottom of it. So maybe maybe they could have at least have some solids. Because even if the Yankees win, it'll be like, oh, cool, yeah, they did a thing against the Twins, whatever. But if the Twins win the series, it'll at least be good for them. So maybe they'll, they'll, they'll have that. <laughs> yeah. Lose-lose. It's, it's great. It's great. Yes. I right. love it. All right. Bye, everyone. See ya.